Hello, people. Welcome to to the table. Uh, I I still have no idea how to open these things. Um, this uh, let's let's cut to the chase. Uh, it is. Uh, it's it still feel good February, and Peter decided to give me two movies, um, as he as he normally does with, with these kind of things we have dolomite is my name and we also have my life as a zucchini uh and so i uh i'm gonna begin and ask we're gonna start with uh, my life as a zucchini first because it's the shorter of the two and so like not many like it's not as like robust (laughs) (laughs) um in in terms of uh uh content because it's only 70 minutes which i was actually shocked um but anyway so peter why did you give me my life as a zucchini well as i said before i would need to first uh give a description of said film sponsored by our Sponsors. Letterbox. Um, here we go. My Life is a Zucchini, directed by a French name. Uh, after his mother's death, directed Zucchini is befriended by a kind police officer, Raymond, who accompanies him to his new foster home filled with other orphans his age. There, with the help of his newfound friends, Zucchini eventually learns to trust and love as he searches for a new family of his own um yeah with this film i think it kind of uh what i liked about it was i think it just kind of takes you off guard i i think it's a film that seeks to tackle very serious subjects Mm -hmm. especially in the life of a child and it ends up this really good-natured um uh just nice slash cute uh tale about a kid discovering family and love and life and the same and it's just very just so quaint and simple and charming and i think that can go a long way in films and and of course i think the stop motion went a ways to help that because you know this isn't a film where you hear the story and you're like oh yeah that needs to be stop motion right but I, but but you look at the the stop motion the art style it's colorful and it's bright the you know the characters literally have like blue hair and shit mm-hmm. um and it's this you know i would say you know stop motion is used viewed as sort of its cutesy art style so when you you take a heavy subject matter such as this film tackles and just sort of make a very pleasant story with this, you know, every, all the layers to it. I don't know. I, it's, I, I came out really enjoying it. It's a nice tale. And I wanted to share that tale with you, Mr. Kyle. Um, you hated it. Boy, you know how to pick them. <laughs> um 
as simple as putting it very very mildly um <laughs> yes it's a very it's a very simple tale um the simple tale of a boy named zucchini um mm-hmm. that his mom called him and all that bullshit um it was it was it felt like rankin bass and tim yeah. and tim burton um had a weird um uh baby with the writing of like let's say Jojo Rabbit cuz it cuz like the child interactions felt very much like Jojo Rabbit uh and uh oh by the way um I liked it I don't know if I could say I loved it mm-hmm. uh but I definitely liked it. It, it I I respected a lot of um a lot of things of this movie um like stylistically it it felt like again like i said before it felt like rankin bass and um tim burton joined together with the writer writers of jojo rabbit and here we are with the uh, with my life as a zucchini um it's a very uh french film <laughs> it's a very i've noticed this with french french films are very like soft I, I I do I think that I don't know if that's the right way of putting it, but like they all talk very low, like you know I don't know French. But you know American films are very loud and bombastic, and um, you know they just come out and hit you like a, a freight train. But I feel like French films, at least the ones that I've seen, are you, you know, saying they're, they're very are, quiet and are you saying mm-hmm. that it's subtle? Subtle. You know what? That's maybe a good word. Um, we'll use that one, right? Because, you know, I feel like if this was like an American production film, like, the you know, the kids would be loud and, you know, and crazy and running around. Fart jokes. Shouting at each other. Yeah. And, you know, but here these kids are like, oh, hello. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? Well, oh, here's the thing. I saw it with subtitles. I think you saw it with. I saw it with subtitles as well. Oh, okay, okay. In the original French language, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, because I remember I saw it like more than a year ago when we were, <laughs> when we were prepping it. So I, I refreshed within the last 48 hours. <laughs> That's how long it takes to make these movies, guys. Yeah. Because uh, it is so, we, we painstakingly. Just go over every meticulous detail <laughs> of the show that we just, we can't shoot until it's right. You know? <laughs> so, it took about a year to get it right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, like, I think, like, the subtle nature of it um, really helped the heavy-handedness of some of the subjects. I think, like, it's a perfect mm-hmm. uh, contradiction with each other. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. Because you have, like, these deep themes, like, Zucchini practically um, a, a secondary manslaughter, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, even if you would say it's not his fault, as a kid, I'm... Ooh. 
you i'm sure you'd feel that way yeah i mean because like his, his mom took a tumble when he closed the freaking attic door in the in the beginning of the movie and it like i was like oh okay and i saw all the beer and i was like this is kind of this is depressing <laughs> <laughs> and the and the mom she talks to herself and all that stuff and you just feel like um what could, uh, but then he's flying a kite and all that shit and you're like okay yeah. okay um so it's gonna be that kind of movie um and like the movie progresses and you get introduced to these characters um uh like i i like a couple of characters like i notice like simon simon he's in the he's in the orphanage as well and um like all all this stuff is going on and honestly like the character in her like first of all i like the fact that they act like kids <laughs> oh yeah um even though that it's stop motion and all that stuff you could do a bunch of crazy shit and but these children they curse they talk about sexual things <laughs> oh yeah um that caught me off guard too because i was like what is this movie rated because um because <laughs> one of the children uh, mentioned like you know oh wh what happens between a boy and a girl oh the boy's uh, willy explodes <laughs> and i was like oh geez Okay. We're you know what? It kind of reminds me of. Hmm. Uh, it's it's like if they tried doing a modern day Peanuts. <laughs> yeah, with more um, uh, with the grotesque nature coming to the forefront as like as kids more reality of the way kids talk at that age because kids are disgusting. <laughs> um, and they don't know, so so they just you know. They know some things, but they don't know everything. So they'll talk about it to each other. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> it, it's like a naive grotesqueness that <laughs> that uh, that is that comes forefront. Um, the main character Zucchini is really nice. Um, like I I feel bad for him sometimes when he sometimes <laughs> sometimes <laughs> uh, other times he got what he deserved. <laughs> is what I'm I'm catching from you. Karma's a bitch, baby. <laughs> so you're taking the the Escaleto stance on orphans. Um, yes, one hundred percent. Fuck them. I'm I miss Hannah. I hate all of the orphans. I miss Hannigan. Fuck them orphans. <laughs> um, it turns out it is truly a hard knock life for us. It is. Um, she wasn't lying. But um. Uh, I I like his character. I mean, he he's very nuanced in the way that he like he is um, because he's holding so much back. I mean, this is very much. I mean, we're right now we're watch we're in the process of watching one division and like the process of like he doesn't know what to do with his grief. So like he's learning his grief through the process of others, um, like Simon, like Alice. And you see, um, these, this different dynamic that he has between the orphan, the fellow orphans over there at the, at the orphanage. And like, mm -hmm. I think that's a really interesting, um, perspective that they put on Zucchini's character because, uh, like, 
you expect this to be like, oh, kitties, you know, yeah, it's sad sometimes, you know, yeah, uh, Bambi's mom died, but immediately cut to some cutesy flowers and shit. So, like, you expect that kind of thing with this kind of movie, but it doesn't, like, like, like for example, uh, 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 Colette, I think that's her name, the, um, the girl he has a crush on, um, mm-hmm. she has a tragic backstory as well, um, his, her dad, um, caught her mom cheating on and so like um she uh he killed her and killed himself and so i was like oh wow holy shit um like some people have it worse than others in this orphanage um and so like that (laughs) and so that put in perspective um alice like the story like they said that her dad was a creep and i'm like oh could that be the reason why she's very like reserved and everything like that because of like yeah some suggestive they don't they don't shy away this is why i found the film really unique cuz they don't shy away from any of the realities that you know go on here mm-hmm. they don't talk down to kids obviously but then at the same time like overall it's like this very pleasant cutesy feel good film Mm -hmm. and just that sort of dichotomy is very i don't know (laughs) like uh i would liken it to the to like stranger things or it or you know the like in terms of like character dynamics with children 13 peanuts (laughs) yeah pg-13 peanuts that's what i think um it is charlie brown but with an edge (laughs) yeah uh but charlie brown visits the orphanage (laughs) i I never seen that short how was that one Mm -hmm. (laughs) they canceled it just like mr potato head (laughs) hashtag canceled um i think that um like some of the imagery is very like striking i loved when uh they went to i think the alps the french alps i think um yeah then it was nice and snowy and all that stuff um the aunt was an was an obvious bitch i couldn't help but think of like um like the ant the mean ant uh stereotype with like james of the giant peach and shit like that so oh yeah <laughs> so i couldn't help but like uh, draw comparisons with that uh it the the ant was mean and abusive and all that shit so i i was like okay we're we're doing that um uh raymond i i really like his character he's very warm he's a very warm character and like uh, again like all these characters have baggage like he his he can't see his kid. I, I'm I'm assuming that um that the mom pretty much uh took him to the cleaners. Uh <laughs> he comes off that way, yeah. You know, during a divorce and he can't see his son because she has full custody. Um and so like I I, I, I felt bad for him and he um because he is such a nice person, you know. They're like there's a moment that I was like, oh, that th- this is the kind of person that this guy is um, when I think one of the characters, I'm not sure what his name is, but he hates cops. I mean, 
Hashtag ACAB, right? <laughs> uh, apparently for him, yeah. Um, but uh, he he drop he drops uh um water balloons on him, and like instead of like oh you fucking kid and like charging the shit kid and, yeah and charging know. at him he's just like uh oh, kids are being kids, and so like mm-hmm. you get like you know he's not he's not bad you know he he you know he doesn't hold his temper you know he's just like oh kids are gonna be kids and all that shit and you you get that sense and but also. Mm-hmm. A, you understand why these kind of kids would hate cops because it, at, at, at the worst times in their lives, cops are there. Yeah. Usually to take them away from like the only home they know. So it's like, yeah, some of them are going to have some feelings about that. And yeah, the fact that the, the, he was just like, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? K- kids are kids. Yeah. And not like losing his shit. Like he's got a weapon. Pow, pow, pow. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's an American film. <laughs> that's the American remake right there. <laughs> Kids got a balloon. It's <laughs> got a balloon. Pow, pow, pow. Um, but yeah, I like there's so many things that like uh, nuance with the characters that I think it's a very nuanced again, like what we were talking about in the beginning. It's a very subtle film with its. Um, with its tone and its message, but like it, it really sells home the the fact with some of the more heavier elements that go into it. And you are completely right; it doesn't shy away from the darkness that some of these children have have faced. But yet again, like I, I, I find it really um, refreshing that their youth shines through amongst all that bullshit that they lived yeah um, they're still kids yeah i mean like the whole like in them learning to like accept each other because like they essentially do find a new family you know within the these uh these uh tightly knit group of kids and like some of the photos, some of the interactions that they have with each other, um, snowball fight within the cabin. I mean, like, it's all, like, fun and games. And fortunately, nobody got hurt. <laughs> um, so I, I find it really, um, th- this is kind of a refreshing movie because, like, a lot of movies tend to go, um, uh, like one way or another deeply tragic and not really um subtle or very subtle and not very tragic and it's themes of like loss parenthood and all that but i think that this really sold home the fact that it, 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 you can have your cake and eat it too <laughs> oh i feel it's a very un-american film it is a very un-american film <laughs> yeah <laughs> um to say it, the least in its tone and like what what it goes for right because mm-hmm. like an american film the closest you get to these kind of films is like pixar mm-hmm. but you still need like constant silly hijinks and you know it's, it's loud and bombastic and and it won't pixar films not to my knowledge they won't have frank just sort of blatant discussions yeah about <laughs> about some of the shit the the kind of shit that you know you have here in this film um 
In which case, I feel like if this was American, they tried to make it more adult and they would go like too far the other direction. Yeah. It's either like kids or or for or adults, you know? And there's never any happy medium. And this is like a very interesting balance of the two. Because part of the charming qualities of this film is how quaint it is, you know? Yeah. I mean, but like you made a good point in like... Because at the beginning of the, you know, you could be like, you know, oh, I was hurt once, you know, and that will be like the only character development you have in an American film. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they were like, no, my dad did drugs. <laughs> so. You're like, yeah. Um, and some of these kids just treat it as like, oh, that's life sometimes, you know, and we're dealing with the situation. Well, that's all they've ever known. So to them, it's like, yeah, this is just life. And also like how they prefer um, this life that they have, the new life that they found at the orphanage versus others. Like it's like there's one kid who constantly keeps on running out to the um, to the front of the courtyard of the of the facility um, expecting their mom. And then when the when the when the kid's mom does arrive, um, she doesn't want to leave uh, because like this is this is her home now and this is where she found yeah. you know a lot of things and you know you don't, you don't really see that you see them you know if this were an American film <laughs> you see them uh, running charging towards uh, um, that child would be charging towards their mom and um, embrace fireworks go off and all that shit but no it's just like this is this is her home now this is where she feels comfortable um and the same with you know going to the aunt and all that stuff because like they do find a new family a new sense of family and i like that i like that theme of family is like the most strongest element of that of this movie that i think is just like um the most important detail of this um, of this whole entire, to quote Martin Scorsese, picture. <laughs> um, but I think that this movie really uh, sells home its uh, its subtle tragedies in the most lighthearted of ways, <laughs> and and uh, I, I think that more movies need to be made like this. I think, I think stop motion is such an underrated, um, yeah, and it's not it's such a wonderful tool uh -huh. in the toolbox for storytelling. And it's so underutilized. Mm -hmm. And I understand it's fucking exhausting, nauseating. Yeah. It's exhausting just to like, beep, 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 you know, for, for hours on end. And it's like, Oh shit, I fucked up slightly. Now I have to start all over. Yeah. Again. Like I, I get it. You know, I think it takes years and years. Um, but still like, I, I just wish, um, I guess the audience craving was there for it more. <laughs> Cause I feel if it was then, more people would go out and, and make films through stop motion and not just, I think people, when they think of stop motion, they think like fucking Tim Burton. You yeah. Know? And Tim Burton utilized it beautifully in, in, in his work, but that's not the only way you can use it. Like it works very well here. <laughs> so, Ooh, yeah. on a side note, um, uh, irrelevant to the conversation that we're having, but, I was so looking forward to because like he uh, Tim Burton in like 2010 2011 he announced that he was making his own adaption of the Adams family in stop I remember that in stop motion and I was like 
fuck me up with that shit. Give me some of this uh, Tim Burton ass thing, because like I remember growing up with. Give me some of that Tim Burton ass. Yeah, give me some of that Tim Burton ass. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not much of a dump truck like Pixar ass, but. <laughs> He oh that's he does sometimes you see his his some of his characters um particularly with old ladies though yes the old ladies in the um in his movies have cake <laughs> the young ones are like little stick figures yeah but it seems like once they they hit old age boom cake dump truck dump truck cake <laughs> um. But yeah, I, re- I really liked uh, My Life as a Zucchini. I liked, um, I liked the, the again, the subtle tragedies that are in this movie. Um, it could have been really ham-fisted with, the, with its material, but it's actually really quaint in the way that it is. Um, very uh, atmospherically soothing as well. Um, especially when they're like in the snow and all that stuff. Again, going to like Charlie Brown, the whole Christmas time (laughs) is here. I felt that vibe with, you know, when they were playing off and doing all that shit. And I was like, okay, okay, we're, 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 we're doing this. Um, I was very caught off guard with, um, with some of the things the children were saying. Cause I was like, oh, this is that kind of film. Uh, so Going through this movie, I I, uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, it is um, it's definitely feel good. Be prepared for the first cup a uh, few minutes of the movie because like zucchini kind of kills his mom. <laughs> um, this is an accident. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just a it's just a case of the Mondays, as Wanda would say. <laughs> um. But yeah, I I really liked it and uh check it out if you um like I I thought it was going to be on Netflix because I first saw it on Netflix. Um and I was like, okay, I know, let me do all this stuff. But it was it was kind of hard to find. It was kind of hard to find um second time around. So, um I definitely watch it with the subtitles because like the I find it funnier, the kids funnier when they're speaking French. <laughs> uh, it's a different language, yeah. Um, le passant. <laughs> for all for French listeners, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah. Go watch it. Go watch it. Um, I guarantee you you'll um You'll at least um, feel good, at least, which is you have a, a cute time. Which is at least <laughs> the theme with it. I don't know if you'll want to have like five year olds watch it, um, due to some of the subjects that the kids talk about it. But like, they might like the 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 cute moving little animated characters. Yeah, but like some of the stuff will probably go over their head. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So. Next film. So, Peter. Yes. Why did you make me watch Dolomite is my name? Okay. Um, once again, must describe the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, by our sponsors, Letterboxd. Sign up for a subscription to Letterboxd and type in uh, Kyle B. Lira into the coupon code, all caps. It's A. And Lira. you will get. 5% off your letterbox subscription. 
There you go. <laughs> Dolomite is my name. Directed by Craig Brewer. Make your own legend. The story of Rudy Ray Moore, who created the iconic big screen pimp character Dolomite in the 1970s. That was a short description. That was just a one sentence description right there. Short, sweet to the point. <laughs> short, sweet to the point. Yeah. Um, I shared this film with you because, uh, one, I think it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Two, I love, and I think you do too as well, just these stories about movie making and, and sort of the process behind it. And and it has this, you know, really fun, scrappy underdog tone attached to, you know, making a film. It, ha- it has a lot of the things you love, the humor, the filmmaking, Eddie Murphy, giving his best performance in fucking years <laughs> um and and at the end at the end of the film it's just like man i just felt good i was like this this is a film that really you watch it and it brightens your day and you're like fuck yeah um so yeah I, it fit with the theme obviously so i thought yeah kyle will appreciate this film um did you to quote the man himself, Dolomite is my name and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this movie. <laughs> um, no bullshitting around it. I, I simply love the movie. I love Eddie Murphy. I love the whole um, structure of it. I had no idea this guy was real. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. I had no idea this was a... Rudy Moore. Yeah, I had no idea that this movie was a biopic. Um, oh, really? You, you thought it was just like a... A fictional world and fictional all world? that stuff. But with like some real tones here and there, um, uh, some of the biopic cliches um, didn't like... I mean, it it's planted in the seat like the the skeleton of the film but like really mm-hmm. the way it told its story it's really unique um it's shot like a fucking 70s film um and if and it feels very much like that um this movie uh in, like stylistically in terms of, it's like the disaster artist but set in <laughs> in the 70s um which i find really charming i i think that when he is in his pimp character it is very funny um just like and the way that he Dolomite. yeah and the way that he would inflect his like dialogue um in his stand up comedy <laughs> routine like very like sing-songy um slam poetry-esque style his his rhyme and dr seuss uh (laughs) yeah style yeah which made it more funnier i guess because it's like very snappy and all that stuff and apparently like he's labeled as like the godfather of rap and he's the godfather of rap yeah he's he's where he's he's looked at as where the inspiration for rap and the explosion of that musical genre in in the 80s where that came from um so, which is freaking crazy you would, you would think the godfather of rap like you would people would know who he was yeah well his name is Dolomite. <laughs> um but yeah god damn like there's so many things like first of all 
like there was like moments where I thought that it was gonna go one way, but it didn't. Um, like when he went and talked to the to the I don't know what his name is, um, but the but the the hobo that frequents the the store and all that stuff. Um, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought somewhere in the movie. Um, he was going to come out of the woodwork and freaking like, hey, you stole my material and all that bullshit. And I thought that it was going to be a big controversy and all that stuff, but it didn't go that way. Um, so it didn't go the way I thought. I like Eddie Murphy, I think, is phenomenal in this role. I like. There are moments where I forgot because, like, when you see Eddie Murphy, like in, um, like, like in Beverly Hills Cop and stuff like that, um, you're like, oh, this is a different character. But then he's in Haunted Mansion, and I'm like, oh, it's just Eddie Murphy in a Disney movie. <laughs> That's the character Eddie Murphy. It's the character, yeah. <laughs> you know where he's doing that smile, like, yeah, when he's you like, like that face, <laughs> uh, that freaking sarcastic ass smile that he that he does, yeah, uh, um, like. There are moments where, you know, you could say, oh, like, oh, that's Eddie Murphy playing Eddie Murphy and all this mm-hmm. stuff. But here, sometimes I forgot that Eddie Murphy was uh, playing Rudy. Like, I was like, oh, this is Rudy. Like, and so I was like, oh, I give him major props for that, for sinking into a role like that and making it work. And I was like, honestly, um, taken aback. Um, I thought there was going to be a, a romance in this movie, as usually with this bullshit you know yeah but there wasn't um usually he again like with he found Mm -hmm. a like a tight-knit family and he like clearly this guy has a lot of issues with like home and all that stuff but like the group that he surrounds himself with um i'll say this hmm. there are no confirmations but some people close to him have said that he was gay. But there was no official like like confirmation of that. Yeah, because like when he died, um I like his obituaries and all that stuff, I did my little research <laughs> within oh, the year. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um no I'm kidding. Just a quick Google search. Because <laughs> according to Lex Soto, we're not allowed to do research for the show. Oh, well, that's bullshit. Um, I I think that um, like in his obituaries and all that stuff, it said that uh he never married, which is key. Um, which is like code word for that kind of stuff. So okay, it like it it's piecing together now. Um, mm-hmm. but he's he's very into his craft and he 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 does it pretty damn well. Um. When when he's talking about like the jungles and all that stuff and and monkeys and there are some things that uh that me a white boy cannot say. <laughs> um, There's a lot of things you he has said that you, you cannot say. say. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it's fucking hilarious, and I was just like, oh, it's so funny. I, I was just like laughing my ass off with the way that he, he like inflected you like, nah, 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 and and I was like like his. Again, his inflections really um, shone through, and I was taken aback with um, with his performance. A uh, Wesley Snipes character, 
freaking hilarious as well. Just like Wesley Snipe was really good in this. I thought, yeah, like his interaction, like his reaction, like the reaction shots that he has, was really good. Um, to all that stuff, he was like, nobody mentioned um a, a water shot, you know, when uh when they were going around the corner and um. Like, the interactions that he has, just his face, like, his face. He has a very, like, um, like Jim Carrey-esque face where he could... Very expressive. Very expressive. Uh, so, I was, uh, I was, uh, I really dig that. Um, what else about the movie? Oh, uh, I think that this, uh, like, the groove, like, the, like, I, I don't know if it's, like, the score or anything like that, but it, it, it does hearken to, like um sly and the family stone and all that stuff and i and i really dig that like this really feels like a 70s movie like you, you could easily like say hey this movie came out in the 70s um and um of course like i would be like wait really um but it does feel <laughs> but it does feel like it came from that era of film especially with like you know the font in the beginning of the movie um in my research, um, Snoop Dogg um, has cited that um, uh, Rudy Ray Moore is, was one of the biggest influences that he had in his career. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And then he's in the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. um, he, like, his lines were um, short and in between. <laughs> uh, it, it, I, I'm pretty sure. He, more of a cameo role. Yeah. But it was uh, really good. I like the whole process, like the whole creative process of him making his records. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to make my own records. and I'm going to make what I think is funny. And I'll sell, I'll sell them out the back of trucks. Yeah. And you, know, you pop up the trunks and just sell them to anyone who will buy them. This guy was the, um, was the first underground uh, comedian <laughs> in many ways because he, his shit could be sold. Um, a couple of data things as well. Like they were like saying, Oh, that lovely Bill Cosby, <laughs> like name dropping. And I'm like, Ugh. yikes. <laughs> yeah. But of course at that time he was viewed as like this, uh, the, um, what do you call it? The, the, like the, the the best representation, I guess, you know, of family man, mm -hmm. pull up your pants, you know, uh, clean, clean comedy, you know, you know, all that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, a model citizen, if you will. Um, which turned out not to be the case. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I digress. Um, I love the creative process that he had in this movie like again like going back to like him making the records himself um the ideas that he had for the covers um <laughs> yeah uh, his whole thing is like i'm just gonna be as outrageous as possible yeah and how like it was played in every freaking thing like he really had um he really had a, a a demographical impact that, like, if you did not have the latest uh, Dolomite record, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> and it was kind of, like, one of the biggest, like, underground secrets as well, because uh, when people finally got word of it, like, the white folk... <laughs> um, <laughs> 
got word of this person like he they were completely we can make some money they were like okay let's let's do this shit um well that's where that's what i think makes him so interesting right it's like he was feeding a demographic that wasn't being catered to like that was the whole idea for his movie it's like he went he went to go see you know a comedy film that's like wasn't funny there wasn't any black people um you know they they, this demographic is not being filled Mm -hmm. and he goes i'm funny i'm black people you know (laughs) let's do this (laughs) um Uh, and boy he did it um he but that's also what's interesting right because like other films of this nature fall under the so bad it's good territory and i think this film technically does too but they understood the kind of film they were making like they were they were trying to make a comedy yeah like because like for example the sex scene that they were filming and yeah. <laughs> how like the freaking picture pictures were shaking and the freaking ceiling collapses on them and it's all played for like you know you shook me all night long kind of thing <laughs> and put your weight on it and uh put your weight on it um yeah i mean it's really funny um there are different things in this movie that were um that were um sad and you get a moment of um eddie murphy acting his ass off in terms of like reaching for that um unreachable oscar (laughs) um and when he was talking about um like his dad and he was like fucking farmer um when he looked at that picture of uh, you know of him and his family in um Ark- Alabama i think um yeah i think so uh he the um the distraughtness if that's a word <laughs> um it really shone through with his uh with his delivery of that like i felt that punch when he said fucking farmer i was like jeez <laughs> this guy has some serious um uh daddy issues <laughs> uh and i yeah and i and i think it's it's stemming from that he just didn't want to feel small you know he he hated that feeling he wanted to be somebody to prove that as well you know yeah um yeah i was actually surprised i was like wait there are a couple of cameos that i was like oh this person for example chris rock i was just like fuck yeah chris rock when i heard his name when not heard his name when i heard his voice i was like no they didn't bring him into it but they brought him into it um it took me a while to um, to guess that Bob Odenkirk was also in this movie. Um, yeah, I, he's the I think one of the the, the head movie guys. Or yeah, something. for a Dimension Produced Films, the film. uh-huh. which I thought I was like Dimension Films, not the one that produced the Spy Kids movies, right? No, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> um, so I was I was like okay. Uh, but Bob Odenkirk, it was nice seeing him in this movie. Um, it was nice. Um, it's a lot of good actors. Yeah, a lot of good actors. Um, underrated performance, I think, is... Hold on, let me look up. Uh, Lady Reed by Divine Joy uh, Randolph. I think, like, her performance was fucking killer, and I loved it. Her interaction and her chemistry with Eddie Murphy was 
freaking great. Like, I found that, like, I thought that's where the romantic thing was going to go in that, in that way. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, um, it's just like a, a brother sister, um, dynamic that I found, uh, uh, like really refreshing because we, you know, you would yeah. think that it would go that way, but it didn't. Um, also like her speech that I, she has or her monologue, I guess, when she's talking to Dolomite at the end, like towards the end of the movie before they go to the premiere. Um, when she says like, it was, it was, it's so nice to see woman like me, uh, because you don't see, um, uh, uh, robust woman in in media very often, and um, to put into a, a, like a glorifying light to you know instead of a demeaning role, um, they put her in like a very uh, I wouldn't go as far as saying sophisticated, uh, but <laughs> but definitely um something not demeaning, um yeah, and like it was it was nice, and her like saying like it's nice that someone like me could be in a movie like like this and i'm like this is like that's a big um a talking point for uh for uh representation in movies uh that i found like if somebody were to like say like oh what does reputa- representation in movies mean i'd point to that scene where somebody was like oh like to see somebody like me up on the screen i think uh, uh, like and again this movie catered to a certain demographic and that they were making and like it worked yeah that's it packed houses I w- I, yeah i would that's i would argue like not only that but the whole film that was that right like every everyone r- wrote off the film as a piece of shit not because it was a piece of shit but because it, it did not cater to their audience right the audience was there for it you know mm. that, that found it funny and, and enjoyed it um and dolomite knew that well, all these other people didn't, right? So, yeah. so I think that the success is a success of you know that whole representation talking point of um, you get different people representing different backgrounds. You, um, you're gonna find that there there is a a whole group of people not being not being shown. Uh, we're just not being serviced basically mm-hmm. um, to 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 their needs and wants as far as filmmaking goes, and it also you know opens the door up to different kinds of films and filmmaking possibilities that even if you're not part of that group, you can see and enjoy. And like, wow, I didn't know I needed this kind of art in my life, but I'm glad I have it. Yeah, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and like. It's definitely like representation matters kind of kind of thing that I oh that 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 uh, talking point I think really sold home and plus the majority of the um of the cast is black so I think that that really helped it out with the exception of like four white guys in the movie but that was it um well that's that's my favorite parts of the movie where he's like I want to make a movie. And then they, they 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 hire these like I guess like student filmmakers, and he's like, "Listen, I don't know a goddamn thing about making movies. That's why you're here. Yeah, <laughs> um, just just tell us what to do, and we'll do it. But like, we we don't fucking know. Like, yeah, like we're just going for it. And I think that's where a lot of the fun comes from, where they're just trying to figure out how to make a movie while making a movie. 
Like he just jumped headfirst into it. <laughs> yeah, he. Um, yeah, I. Uh, this movie is like. Oh, by the way, when he was like talking with uh, Keegan Michael Key's character, um, he was like, "Oh, we got to make it real. You know, we got to make it real to the urban audiences. You know," and I. Uh, he was like, "We got to add kung fu." <laughs> <laughs> well his whole thing was like what what's popular with the audience you know what what's going on what do they like he even brings up like you know the exorcist you know white people they love that devil shit <laughs> um <laughs> yeah what? um <laughs> like trying to and i th- he eventually makes a, a film where he like fights the devil and, and shit like that because he, he, he made a few films after um, um after dolomite yeah. <laughs> um yeah. I, I again when he's like saying uh drive drive and all that stuff, I couldn't stop laughing. Um like there's a lot of movement moments in this. Um but also like again the subtleties. <laughs> I guess that's the word of this podcast, subtleties. Uh of this podcast of this uh of this movie really uh really did it for me like again like him looking back to his past and like uh, uh berating his farm uh farmer father uh when uh he was talking to uh to lady reed at the at the bar when he when he saw um her put the smack down on that uh on the bar patron i was just like okay all right we got we got this person but like when she was like saying that you know i don't need to be talked down to and all that and i was like damn this is very uh very empowering with the with the way that she's uh delivering this shit uh mike epps was funny um and he's oh yeah he's playing mike epps <laughs> um yeah but it was uh he's good um uh Craig, i like keegan michael key keegan michael key was great um not in the bobastic um hilarious way but he was um it was more the the grounded auteur <laughs> But that's what I liked. At first, I thought, like, oh, like, these guys are going to fight or butt heads. But, um, no, he's like, okay, like, let's make this movie, you know? Yeah, this is your vision. (laughs) Let's do it and all that stuff. Again, this is, like, very much, like, the um, anti-disaster artist, you know? Yeah, I I would say. Because, like, they don't ever – there's never, like – Oh, the fighting and tension as they're making the film, right? You know, like like the 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 drama comes from like fuck. You know, can we even get this made? If we do get it made, are, are we gonna lose all the money? You know, we put into making it. Will anyone even fucking see it? Yeah, you know, that's where the tension comes, right? Um, but I think that's what makes it so feel good. You know, it's about these people coming together, and it's like no, like let's let's make something great happen um defy the odds yeah and it's um it's really good i like seeing like old-fashioned uh practical effects being used like the um like the bullets <laughs> on the on the ground like just the just tap the dirt <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was just basically the mechanism that they used um 
uh, just seeing some old thing. I like, like, again, I love the freaking creative process in movies. And you were like, and God damn it, Peter, like, you, <laughs> you know, which, uh, which movies to be like, okay, okay. Like, um, Saving Mr. Banks, one of my favorite parts of that movie is seeing the creative process of Mary Poppins. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody, whether we like it or not. Um, I like seeing the creative process in that. I like uh, um, uh, the disaster artist for that uh, reason as well. Just like seeing the creative process at play is really fascinating to me. Like, I love they're like, oh, that's. Uh, I like knowing like everything that happens between I want to make this thing and then this thing being made and being a huge success you know yeah everything in between those two lines i think is so interesting because it's easy to say like i want to make a movie um but to go from saying i want to make a movie to being at your fucking premiere at a packed house with, with that movie made is you know that's a lot of just blood sweat and tears in between and you know just how that you make that happen i is a miracle in itself, right? And and I that's what I find really interesting. And then of course, like the people doing it are fucking hilarious. Yeah, like <laughs> so. everybody is a character and you know, in it of a you know, of themselves. And again, like what I pointed out, I think that this is a perfect movie for um for this day and age because like it does show like, you know, diversity and um and speaking to your audience matters. Um so I really like that. I really like the way that um the movie inflected that message across um i really enjoyed eddie murphy's performance i think eddie murphy freaking knocks it out of the park um underrated performance of that year i would think so because i think a lot of people a lot of people should have been saying you know eddie murphy you know eddie murphy eddie murphy if it came out this year he might have he might have gotten some buzz because you know the year we had what year or not 2020 Oh, I mean, that happened. I thought we were in 2020. We're, no, we're just we're just skipping next uh, last year. We're gonna skip 2021 too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. By the by, this rate, yeah, might as well. Um, yeah, Craig Robinson was really good in this. Um, yeah, not much else to say. Oh, the costuming of this movie was was impeccable as well like it felt very because like you could see like some period movies or you're like oh, i don't think i don't think this was a this is a thing back then um uh, i think they're they're fun they're colorful i like it vibrant <laughs> the the costume yeah thing. well there's a lot of good things i could go on for a lot of things picking and choosing moments that i love about this movie um but i really love it i really dig it uh and it was just um it, it, i overall i just think it's a good time a good time in the you know no alcohol required no alcohol required <laughs> you went there uh but i did but yeah good good movie it feel it feel good for sure so yeah all right so next month is gonna be melancholy march correct um, I don't know. 
Uh, I'll have to decide. No, no official uh, announcements. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no official. I, I still gotta think about it. Um, I'm not sure if I'm ready for melancholy. <laughs> um. So yeah, we'll play it by ear when the next one, whenever the next one comes out, because. Again, it takes... Seeing how long this one came out, we will literally play it by year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because, it, because it took a while. It literally took a year to make this movie. Um, <laughs> uh, by no fault of this any individuals themselves. I blame Donald Trump, but, you know, that's just... <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, uh, what's going on on the Red Spotlight Entertainment Network, for those uh, unaware? Um, Red Spotlight Entertainment, uh, David and Alexis are doing um, weekly recaps of uh, WandaVision, so check that out. Uh, Next month, um, we're still continuing, a little bit of a shorts month is still trickling into March, but a March is going to be dedicated to Mickey Mouse on, uh, on the fantasy fair. So, uh, it's called Mickey March, cleverly titled by me. Um, so, uh, we, no, it's not. So we're going, we're doing that to the table. Who knows when the, when the fuck that is. Um, if we get a solid confirmation that No Time to Die is coming out, then <laughs> then we'll jump back into uh, Bond and Beyond. Okay, because I have saw so many of those goddamn movies. I, I have, like, pages and pages of notes. You, you, you motherfucker, <laughs> we are doing... We, we, are, we are doing it, okay? Okay. When do you want to do them? I em? did not watch... When do you want to do them? Countless films. With a bunch of fucking notes to not do it. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, I, I gave you one of the best franchises ever. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, according to my notes, that's debatable. Oh, okay. Of course. Of course. Um, while Peter is flipping me off. Um, anyway, so uh, a little bit of a, a network news. Um... We are now on iHeartRadio, so uh, check us out there. <laughs> another another way to access our um, lovely library of podcasts. So check that out. Uh, yeah, without further ado, I'm Kyle Lara, and as always, um, stay under the table. <laughs> stay under the table. Bye. That sounds very wrong. Yeah, that does. (laughs) Bye.